I love reading Twilight for fun. I love reading Twilight for fun. I'm <laughs> getting over it. I'm really getting over it. <laughs> Welcome to this podcast, which is Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, and as always, I have a randomly generated YA title, and mine is A Medicine of Terror and Forests. (laughs) Yep. I mean, that sounds like the pandemic and me escaping to a hike any chance I can get. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> right? Like, that's my medicine. A medicine of terror? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that's the uh, Carlisle prequel novel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would read it. Just gotta get real scared in the forest and then you become a doctor. <laughs> Classic. You was know. that all I had to do? Yeah. Dang. I listen. I've been scared in forests before, Me too. And I did I not too. become a doctor. No, I did become totally irrational. I remember once being very scared in a forest, thinking I was going to get eaten by a werewolf. Uh-huh. And then, to reassure myself, I said, "Ah, oh, Hannah, don't be stupid. It's not the full moon." <laughs> <laughs> As if werewolves would have been an actual concern had it been a full moon. <laughs> it's funny because I've had this exact same conversation in my head as well. Uh. <laughs> Your brain's like, no, I won't believe right now that werewolves don't exist. So I need you to convince me some other way. <laughs> it was just the fact that I had that thought prefaced with no that's stupid it's not the full moon it was like oh my god <laughs> oh, i love this i love this story more than anything okay, it's great incredible Happy to help. 10 out of 10 yeah. all right who else is in this podcast <laughs> my name's sam and my ya title of the week is my adventure of hand sanitizer and sirens Oh, so that's your pandemic specifically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yep. The siren has not seen water for a long, oh. long, long, long time. Yeah. I was going to say, I assumed it was just like a lot of the books you were reading were about sirens. I actually haven't. No, I don't think I've Dang. read a single siren book, but I have a bunch of pirate siren mermaid books lined up for the summer. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just a normal summer read. 100%. Sirens luring pirates to death. <laughs> it's not hot girl summer, it's wet girl summer. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. No. Uh... Anyway, I am also here. And <laughs> my name is Hannah. And my randomly generated YA title for today is The Covenant of Teeth and Classical Music. Jeez. Wow. Which is a lot. That's like an Anne Rice vampire book. Like that oh, sounds yeah. like an Anne Rice vampire book. Having okay. only read a half of one of her books ever, <laughs> I'm <That's>... clearly <laughs> able to say this. Yeah, that's the book that if Edward had been the first vampire instead of Carlisle. Yes, yes, mm. that's mm-hmm. the book about it. <laughs> wow, 
this week were kind of chaotic in our energy, in case you haven't been able to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's get started with the, I almost said episodes we read, which none of those things are <laughs> any of it. The chapters we read in Twilight and Midnight Sun, the two books we're reading. Okay, Sam, uh-huh. why don't you tell us what's in Twilight? <laughs> sure. There was a lot that happened. Like, this had three different distinct scenes in it. So, just like Bella, I forgot that, like, only a day and a half has passed by over the last few chapters. <laughs> like, I, when she had the phone call with Jessica and was like, oh, wow, it had only been, like, this amount of time. I was like, what? It feels like it's been a month. Anyways, well, it has us, been. In- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been months, plural. <laughs> Yes, and in this, yeah, we've literally been reading a day oh, over God. like a month. Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, we start off not with the call with Jessica, but Billy coming to interrogate slash warn Bella about dating Edward, and then followed by the Jessica call, and then Bella introducing Edward to Charlie, where Charlie gets all weird, macho dad like as dads do. Then we finish off with the baseball game and the cliffhanger of the three new vampires showing up. I also have a lot more to say on the whole baseball thing, but <laughs> I'll let Hannah give her summary before I get too deep into that. So, Hannah? Yay. I mean, the baseball is the important part. Exactly. There isn't a ton extra to say about this chapter, except that for me, this was exactly what I was hoping for from Midnight Sun. It has less of Edward's drama and more of him using his perspective particularly with his like vampire super senses and his mind reading to flesh out some of the scenes and make them a lot more interesting. The baseball scene in particular, I thought was much better from Edward's perspective. And there were also two specific lines in this chapter that made me the found family stan of this podcast turn into a puddle of goo. And I am wondering if you can guess what either of them were. (laughs) Oh no, I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. Okay, wait. One of them is you are important to me, Rose. <gasps> oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. That oh. was Edward and Rosalie run into each other because Rosalie's like trying to leave town before the baseball <laughs> game. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to hang out with Bella. <laughs> and Edward basically like stands in front of her car being like, nah, please come oh. to the baseball game. <laughs> Rosalie's line is I don't understand why this is so important to you. And Edward answers, you are important to me, Rose. And yep. (laughs) I just dissolved into a puddle of goo on my floor. I don't know what the second one is. Was was it something with Emmett? Did Emmett? It was something with Emmett. Okay. (gasps) It was about Emmett. It was about Emmett. Uh Uh-huh. Was it something (laughs) Edward was thinking about Emmett? Yeah. Was it? Okay, you just say it. Yeah, just say it. Yeah. During the start of the baseball game, Edward is like listening to how people are reacting to Bella being there. And he's surprised at how excited Emmett is to be playing in front of her. And he says that Emmett had only positive experiences with adding to the family. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so sweet. Cute. Yeah. <sighs> I love Emmett. Emmett is the best. He's just like such a shining beacon of light. The one thing that this has all made me want is a Rosalie and Emmett book really bad. Yeah, I'd be into that. 
I won't. Sorry. My cat is at a very precarious point. I need to <laughs> go and come back into it for like one second. <laughs> so what should we say about Sophie while she's away from her microphone? I can still hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure her wa- her headphones are Bluetooth. <laughs> Sophie, are you back? I'm back. And my cat is on the table next to me so i can keep an eye on her anyway what were we talking about vampires emmett we were talking about how much we liked emmett oh and yeah sophie's cat was like no no i hate emmett i <laughs> said he's not that bad <laughs> it's funny because what sucks about this chapter the most is that i hated getting in jacob's head I know. <laughs> I was so mad about it. I was like, don't take this from me. Right? But it kind of led into me thinking about, like, we get in Emmett's head, and, like, I love Emmett. Everything he thinks is fine. Like, I'm like, oh, this is right? fun. I like hearing Emmett's thoughts. Mm-hmm. This is great. And kind of true of the other vampires, too. Like, even Rosalie, who's being an asshole about Bella, I'm like, no, I still am interested in what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. None of it's yucky. (laughs) Everyone else is yucky. All of the humans are gross. Yeah. Yeah. Edward and Bella are kind of gross. The rest of them are fine. The rest of the vampires are fine. Exactly. And we had talked about this very briefly, very early on, where it was like, maybe this is part of her trying to make it seem reasonable that Bella is gravitating towards the vampires by making Mm -hmm. all the humans untenable like i hate them yeah and i don't know this kind of also feels like that's more of it like ah jacob don't like his thoughts don't like that bad (laughs) that's like uh still the vampires are still good though they're definitely positioned as the good guys yeah in Mm. this book yeah i just it didn't oh my god cat (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-oh why are you eating the mic arm (laughs) (laughs) sit here sit down look here's the thing you can play with that just oh my god okay what was i saying jacob is like what 14 13 11 15 okay like most of what jacob's thoughts are are like ah dang bella and edward kissed and she seemed really into it Uh and like fine that's fine i'd be bummed too I get it. It's like the one part where he's thinking about Billy. Billy came to like, oh yeah, to tell Charlie about Bella and Edward? Question mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as he like bails because Bella basically talks him out of it being his problem. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob thinks like, oh, why did we even come here? Like, old man's getting senile. And I'm like, what? He, who would think that? <laughs> a teenage boy. Would he though? Yeah. About your dad? Yeah. I, th- like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, don't think so. <laughs> As someone who's worked with, t- yes, trust me. Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's sad. I just, because before this, Edward was like, ah, oh, Jacob's thoughts are all pure and happy. And it's like, what? <sighs> Maybe he was thinking it in that kind of like hyperbolic, cranky way. Because I've definitely what, yeah. had thoughts about people I cared about that were like uncharitable because I was grumpy at them. Yeah, fair. 
That's what I was going to say, too. I think it's very characteristic of a teenage boy to be, like, overdramatic in that sense that he's upset because he couldn't spend time, like, doing something with his motorbike or, like, something and, like, felt like he was wasting his time. I guess. So, I don't know. For me, I wasn't all that shocked by it. But also, like, (laughs) Jacob sucks. So Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) But did you guys get, like, the one kind of cool little tidbit we got from Edward being able to read his thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, about, like, how the house smelled rancid because Edward was in it. And Edward being like, huh, I didn't smell anything. My senses are whatever. And it's just, like, I thought that was kind of cool. It was, like, a tidbit into Jacob's changing okay i wasn't sure if that's what that was that's what i was assuming it was yeah i was like it's gotta be but (laughs) that's fun he won't have changed at this point but no it must have been not a metamorphosis like the vampires and more of like a slow change if he's like already being able to like smell that there are vampires present yeah and like maybe just like a sign of the onset because it happens with what is it puberty? I can't remember I what the so. reasoning. Yeah, so it'd be like a hint or like if so if he had known about it, he probably would have known like, oh shoot, I'm going to probably be changing soon if I can already smell how bad they are. But because he has no idea, he's just like, oh, it smells awful in here. Mm-hmm. But also Edward having no idea that they smell awful to him. I, was like, <laughs> I thought they knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Maybe... Carlisle knows but Edward doesn't or was Edward there the last time they were in Forks I guess he was yeah he was there I think all of them except Alice and Jasper were the last time yeah okay but it might have just been they didn't have any reason to interact before right right he wouldn't have any reason to know that it's not like it's normal for vampires and werewolves to just hang out unless there's like a (laughs) super hot average looking teenage girl there also (laughs) super hot indecently dressed (laughs) indecently dressed in a blue blouse and khaki skirt (laughs) oh lord oh Uh, i'm blushing just thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) i did appreciate in this scene how protective billy was even though it's really none of his business who bella hangs out with as she points out but like he cares enough about charlie and by extension bella to try to make sure that they're going to be safe from who he believes to be murderous monsters even though it's you know against the treaty and could get him in trouble to warn them he just like really cares about making sure his friend is safe and i thought that was lovely yeah he he had the right intentions. He truly did. And like, mm-hmm. granted, vampires are terrifying. Like, yep. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Billy is is out of line. Um, no, not at all. Because we are like we are reading from the perspective that we think vampires are the heroes, the good guys. But like, in are reality. <laughs> vampires are like really scary. Like the concept yeah. of vampires is very horrifying so for sure yeah sexiness aside (laughs) yes it doesn't matter how sexy somebody is if they're a murderer no go no (laughs) don't do it do not pass no i know (laughs) do not like go to jail go Go to to jail jail. (laughs) edward (laughs) edward cullen belongs in jail edward cullen belongs in jail yeah he does i had some interesting thoughts during the scene between when 
Bella introduces Edward as her boyfriend and they like go out to meet Edward's family in the woods. And Edward tries to distract Bella from her fear of <laughs> traveling at like six G's with no protective gear on the back of a vampire by making out with her. Uh-huh. And it's all like, I don't know. I, It's f- fine. But from Midnight Sun, you get the perspective of Edward realizing what he's doing and freaking out because he's almost eaten her. And I was just like cracking up imagining Twilight the book where that's the way it ends. (laughs) It would truly be a horror book at that point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, oh, shit. Edward ate her. Shows up to the baseball game like, uh. (laughs) Remember that girl I was going to introduce you guys to? Well, I ate her. I did eat her. I ate her. I did. I know I said I wasn't gonna, but I super did. (laughs) She was here, and now she's here as he points to his heart (laughs) and his You know, she was just like so hot, and we were like making out, and then suddenly I ate her. (laughs) Yeah. It was okay, but did you guys realize in that scene or in the in his monologue that he answered one of our questions, or at least one of mine mm-hmm. and Hannah's questions? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Sophie wanted anything to do with this conversation. Uh, which one? <laughs> Where we were like, okay, if they're kissing, then what happens if his venom gets into her mouth and she has a canker sore or like some sort of open wound? And then Edward said. God forbid his teeth nick her tongue or something like that. So I'm pretty sure even if there was like a tiny little opening in her mouth and his venom got in, it would be like, bye bye, Bella. I noticed that too. But like, (laughs) if she got it in her mouth, just like normally, (laughs) that won't turn her into a vampire. Like it has to be directly to the bloodstream. Or does it have to be directly from the teeth? Because he specifies, like, if she cuts her tongue on his, quote, Oh, razor that is teeth. true. So I have a theory. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just thinking, like, if his, if they, like, start Frenching, and, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Gross. I need to know, because, like, they're not just gonna close mouth kiss, and so it's, like, if the venom... Venom's to know for her fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> We've established that I am a horrible creative writer and I can only write like logical science technical papers. That's but alas, science this is why when I write the paper that accumulates all the vampire science from Twilight and in these discussions, I need to know if his venom comes because he doesn't have saliva and they're kissing and she's got a canker sore or she burned her mouth or she cut her cheek like you do. If that venom got into the bloodstream through that, like, that's technically enough to turn her, no? It seems like it. Yeah. The only caveat I could come up with was that there could be some kind of, like, activator that is specifically injected by the teeth. Yeah, I remember you talking about this before, right? I think this is what we've talked about before. I think it was in our group chat. I don't think it was actually in an episode because uh, we talk (laughs) about vampire biology even when we're not doing this podcast because that's our life now. Uh, True. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) But speaking of Edward's venom, uh, 
I came across a really interesting paper today that I would like to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me. It just came out. I only found it today, so I didn't have enough time to read it in as much depth as I would have liked to. It's an ancient conserved gene regulatory network led to the rise of oral venom systems by Barwa and Mihaev in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in the USA. And it's the confirmation, um, to the best of our knowledge, that the oral venom system that you see primarily in snakes, but also in some mammals like shrews, and the salivary networks in all other amniotes are derived from the same set of genes. So the the pathways of like having a <laughs> liquid produced in the mouth are homologs. They're not a case of convergent evolution. So oh. the same oh. set of genes that snakes and venomous mammals use to produce their venom is the same thing that humans use to produce saliva. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. There is something there that whatever the process is that turns a vampire into a vampire probably switches around the activation of those sets of genes and produces, starts producing venom rather than saliva in a vampire. Okay. Wait. I have, wait, I have, wait, hold on. No, wait. I have so many more questions now. <laughs> it, I have a lot to I, say about this. <laughs> okay. Wait, does this mean that like the salivary system and the, like capillary system if that's what we decided it was for their quote-unquote blood are now the same so there's something interesting that i came upon with that too uh this paper led me to reading about what i believe are called calicranes which i'd never heard of before but they're a group of peptide bond cleaving enzymes that are present in saliva and also in a ton of other places in the body i think their precursor generates in the pancreas but one of the things that they do is they are involved in the coordination of physiological functions, including the regulation of blood pressure and skin texture. Whoa, what? Whoa. Hold yeah. On. Wait. Yeah. Whoa. And Wait. also with like simple envenomation systems and in mammals like shrews, it's a calocrine based venom. So it's specifically using these enzymes that are produced in the saliva using those salivary pathways Holy that they shit. manipulate to produce a venom. So this actually has a lot more basis in biological Wait. fact than we thought it did because Whoa. none of us are, I don't know. Animal physiologists? So, yes, yeah, yeah. biologists, I guess. <laughs> okay, I listen, I understand that you read this paper and came up with all this like an hour ago, but I literally yeah. <laughs> cannot believe you kept it a secret out of the group chat for yeah. that long. <laughs> If I had read this paper yesterday, you yeah. absolutely would have known sooner. But I was like, I gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta save, save it. it. Gotta save the content for the podcast. Yeah, this is a peep behind the curtain at how often we talk about vampires <laughs> in our group. Literally chat. every single day. It's longer, the worst. Yeah, longer than an hour. I would not believe that Hannah had learned it that long ago. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> I think I like had the chat open and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're recording in 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's wild though. Right. So, so I need to do way more reading on this because like Sophie said, it, it was like an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll look it up for the next time, but that's pretty intense because yeah. then that would explain. It would how... explain basically everything. Yeah. It's also uh, like calicranes are, 
part of what makes semen do the things it does. I hate that. So it it even <laughs> makes sense with Breaking Dawn. Like, are you kidding me? Is Stephanie Meyer secretly a genius and we've just been <laughs> shitting on her the whole time because we were the stupid ones? <laughs> Is Stephanie Meyer secretly a physiologist or like a cell biologist? Hold oh, on. Man. I need that, to Google it. That is literally what I've just been sitting here in shock. I'm just like, did Stephanie Meyer accidentally make a brilliant vampire? Like, is she the only one that actually got it right in the whole genre? I just, I, I can't, I refuse to believe it. We need to do a lot more research. Yeah. We need to talk to a real scientist. <laughs> a real scientist that knows more than just stuff about fish. A real venom physiologist. Um, yeah. Can if you anybody hit listening. us up on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I right? can't. Is okay. My theory now is that either Stephanie Meyer is secretly a genius, a genius, or someone invented calicranes just to yeah back up Twilight. <laughs> yes, I I do appreciate uh, your faith. The third option is that I'm wildly misinterpreting the paper that I read today. <laughs> oh yeah, just, I guess that's just gonna also put that out there. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll reconvene. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about this in our group chat over the next couple yeah. days for sure. <laughs> we'll all be unfortunately looking up these things <laughs> outside of podcast recording time. <laughs> okay, but one more question before we move on. Then let's if this is all if those genes exist in humans. Could someone like mad science, like a vampire, essentially, then? Like, if you could Perhaps. like turn on and off specific genes, like if we still had somewhere in our genome the ability to actually produce venom, and that venom, let's say, would lead to vampirism. I, wow, okay. I, that, mm. right? I mean, it's the sort of thing where like it would be such an intense, right? Cause you don't have people accidentally having a weird genome mm-hmm. yeah. sequence that produces venom instead of saliva. <laughs> so, That's what I mean. It would be like a mad science, like science fiction novel. I'm thinking like someone just yeah. going like crazy and then they accidentally yeah. create vampires. And then actually that's kind of what happened in the passage, but it was a little bit, it wasn't the same reasoning. It was for the longevity that they were f-ing with it, not venom anyways that's the side point yeah i'm not a geneticist so i didn't really understand a lot of the genetic information in this paper yeah but one of the things that they did talk about is that a lot of snake venom in particular has evolved in like wildly different directions and incorporates a lot of different proteins from a lot of different sources so it's really difficult to trace relatedness by what's in the venom Mm. so it seems like Venom can go in a whole bunch of different directions, and it can go fairly quickly, but you need to have whatever the precursors are available to you. Right. I wanted to read a little bit more about venomous mammals, like shrews, and something I'd never heard of before called a... A Loris? Maybe? A a Selenodon was the one they specifically referenced in this paper, which I've never heard of, but it looks like a shrew. Yeah, they're not even closely related, though. They're, like, one of those wacky ones that's, like, way distantly related to anything else that looks like it. Yeah, it's wild. I think they're more... Now I have to look it up. Sorry, guys. (laughs) What are they most closely related to? Uh, Any guesses? 
before I Google it. The platypus. No, I have no idea. No. I'm not an evolutionary biologist by any means. They are, it seems like, most closely related to hedgehogs, moles, and shrews. Yeah. But, like, not actually closely related, just most closely related, I think. All of their closely related species are extinct. Oh, yeah, they're in their own family. That's what it is. Right. They're one of that the ones sense. that are like, we're alone. <laughs> Just us. <laughs> yeah. I had something to say before this. Oh, yeah, Sorry. the slow loris. That's like a primate that has venomous teeth. Venomous mammals, slow loris. Okay. That sounds yeah. like something out of a Dr. Seuss book. Well, <laughs> the, what, there was like a video for a while of someone like scratching under one's like oh, arms. I love these. Yeah. They're like. Hugely impacted by the illegal pet trade. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they do have like a venomous bite. And so usually all their teeth are removed. Jesus. Aww. Yeah. So pretty horrible. Uh, don't get one. <laughs> yeah. Apparently no. their venom is similar to cat allergen proteins. So I will not be going near one of those. Yeah. venom. Okay. We need to not just Google a bunch of stuff. We're going to anyway. Uh, we've gone wildly off yeah. the rails, but this is, yep. I'm okay with our podcast if it just turns into us Googling and exclaiming about Venom, because this is very interesting. <laughs> okay, to get us back on track, uh-huh. I uh-huh. want to talk about somebody in this book finally putting on normal clothes. <laughs> Wait, who put on normal clothes? Yeah, which one? Bella does. Bella puts on normal clothes, and I'm so proud of her. Oh, yeah, she puts on jeans and a flannel, right? She does. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Listen, it's taken a long time to get here. (laughs) I do want to say that the sentence before, or the paragraph before, she's like, oh, I'm going to just throw on a flannel and jeans. She says, I took off my dressy clothes. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the... Oh, God. Ah, the skirt and the blouse combo. Oh, man. So, so good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I guess Edward kind of put on normal clothes too, though, because he put on a rain jacket, which yes. Emmett made fun of him for, which I thought was really funny. Classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, I was good at passing for human. I was like, Are you, though, Edward? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think that's true. Like, I appreciate that you put on a trench coat as a disguise when you went to meet Charlie. But, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If he forgets that people eat food regularly, I feel like his human disguise is probably not that good. I don't know. I just find it so funny that he doesn't get breathing, like, again this time. So he tries to make Bella forget that she's afraid of him running her all the way to the baseball game Mm -hmm. Uh with all the smooching that they did. Yep. The sentences... I wasn't at all sure what I was supposed to be doing about her frequent breathing lapses. Did I need to <laughs> remind her at intervals? Oh my god. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> he is such <laughs> a man sometimes. <laughs> I can't read that sentence and not hear it in like an extremely smug mental voice being like... Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can't even remember to breathe when I'm around. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Insufferable. I hate uh-huh. it. Fuck, I hate Edward Moore. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think it was possible, but here we are. Uh, I'm sure he'll get worse. Yeah. <laughs> to be like 100% honest, I didn't hate him in this chapter. No, this was yeah. a good chapter. This was just a good chapter, kind of. <laughs> I think the fact that he was distracted by 
how much he was enjoying spending time with Bella and playing baseball with his family was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't have time to think about how much of a monster he is and how he would inevitably end the love of his life's existence in such a horrible fashion that she right. would never ever forgive him or some baloney. Or be alive. Oh my god. I can hear your <laughs> I cat. hear her. <laughs> I can hear her. <laughs> What is she doing? I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Kat is going to sit on my lap now. Aww. She might put her face on the microphone, so I'm sorry if that gets conveyed. Sometimes there's a raccoon that goes to hang out by the window. And then she, like, jumps on the screen and, like, claws it to pieces. Yep. Anyway, I'm a professional (laughs) podcaster. (laughs) I do have to make sure I put my cat away from uh, where my microphone is plugged in because she will chew the cable in half. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Everything's fine. (laughs) I once had to go buy a new Ethernet cable. And when I got to the store and asked the young fellow working there, he's like, hey, I just need a basic Ethernet cable. He gave me this whole long spiel about how, like, you know, whatever internet company is telling you you need one of these, like, you don't really need one. You should look into different companies. Like, nobody should really need an ethernet cable anymore. Like, you don't actually need it to run your Wi-Fi. And I was like, I appreciate it. I do know that I need this because um, my rats ate the last one and now my internet's not working. (laughs) 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 And he just kind of silently let me pay for my ethernet cable. (laughs) When the mansplaining backfires. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I moments. appreciate that you're trying to like save me money and save me from the predatory internet company. Um, but I am aware of why I need the ethernet cable and it's yeah because I have pets. <laughs> anyway, did anybody else think it was really weird that Alice's future site can see which way a coin toss will go? Yeah. Because that should be a truly random event and her vision is predicated on decisions but no one's deciding to do anything that should precipitate a coin flipping on either heads or tails i mean couldn't it be like depending on what side carlisle flips right like it wouldn't be clear until carlisle is like about to flip it because he decided to flip it you know at this angle that is true yeah whatever right yeah, I can Maybe? accept that. I know coin tosses aren't like exactly a 50-50 probability. I don't remember the exact stat, but we learned about it in a stats class and like coin tosses are not actually 50-50. There's like some weird factors that affect oh. how they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It seemed like an odd detail to add. Yeah, or maybe it's only weird when you are reading this book uh, <laughs> chapter by <laughs> chapter in two week increments and micro analyzing everything that happens. I don't know. Yeah, one of maybe. us is weird. I don't think it's me. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not. I actually that scene stuck out to me as it was entertaining because it was like Carla was like, "Okay, I'm gonna flip a coin, pick the thing," and <laughs> Edward's like. Alice already knew it was going to be heads, which meant I knew that it was going to be heads. And so Rosalie's like, heads, and they all just like walk away before the coin toss even happens. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ugh. <laughs> Carlisle's like, it was heads, and they're like, we know. Yep. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> just, you know, finding joy where I can <laughs> in these chapters. <laughs>
honestly, the best part of Midnight Sun is seeing the way Edward and Alice interact with their various superpowers. I think it's yeah. really interesting. It was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I I actually listen. I don't like baseball. <laughs> I enjoyed baseball the way vampires play it. Seems fun. <laughs> Via Edward's description. Because it's a lot more fast paced. There's only three people per team, which like doesn't make the most sense. <laughs> and like it's just a lot more fast paced when it's vampires. <laughs> yeah. For me it seemed kind of weird that they would actually space out the diamond. Like I don't know why that stuck to me, but I was like, if they can run so freaking fast wouldn't they just have to like space it out way further than they actually did to make it proportionally as difficult i thought they did i just got the sense that wouldn't it have to be like kilometers apart like edward can run what did we decide almost the speed of sound (laughs) yeah it's explicitly stated in this chapter that he can run faster than the acceleration due to gravity which yes. I knew based on like what we calculated before, but it was a buck wild thing to read. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And isn't it like gravity is significantly slower? Yeah, gravity is yeah. only 9.8 meters per second. Yeah. Yeah, and we had him at like 82 or something like that. Yeah. 84. Yeah. It's like real different. Real different. Gravity is like... It's very, very slow. Actually, this is really amusing to think of like a ball just dropping at like acceleration of gravity and Edward just being like waiting underneath it, like (laughs) just tapping his foot. Like, God, this ball is taking so long to fall. (laughs) Emmett uses that strategy against him in the baseball game. He hits the ball straight up. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's very smart. For all of them. (laughs) Like, the only thing I don't understand, though, is that they must not have pop flies because there would be no game. Yeah. They could all just outrace the ball. I don't know. Can you tell me what a pop fly is? Yeah, sorry. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) a pop fly is basically like when a batter lobs the ball. So it's like when you see the ball go all the way out to the outfield and the outfielders catch it without it hitting the ground. Okay. It's an automatic out. So you try to avoid that, right? It's like when people are trying to hit home runs, it happens a lot where they try to hit it out, but it like just misses. So it's really easy for outfielders to catch. Okay. But if you also hit a ball like straight, let's say like straight line, but super, super fast. And you catch that without it hitting the ground. That's also an automatic out. So for the vampires to like actually be out, they would have to like hit the ball so far (laughs) and so hard to like (laughs) beat a vampire running at the speed of sound. And yeah, to Sophie's point, it's almost like it's not enough space because no matter what, I feel like the vampires would still beat the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they would catch it straight out of the air. So it's like the only way you could get a vampire out is if it hits the ground. And like, I don't know. I was just like, this doesn't work, but I'll I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I was also a little perturbed by the fact that they seem to be using just a standard ball and a, a standard and aluminum, aluminum bat. bat. Yeah. And then they the also... Thought? Yeah, they also point out that Emmett is the only one who's, like, strong enough to hit the ball hella far. Yeah. Like, how strong is a standard 
aluminum bat. Like, would that even be able to? No, no. Like, I can't. I can't fathom them being able to swing at their full strength and not just obliterating the ball or the bat or both. They would obliterate the bat. It's like even professional players who use wooden bats break yeah. bats on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way a wooden or aluminum bat would be able to survive a vampire striking a ball at the speed and strength that I think that they are striking it. Yeah, and at at first I was assuming, like, maybe they're pulling their punches a little bit, working within the limitations of their equipment. Yeah. But then it, it explicitly mentions multiple times that, like, Alice can't hit the ball as far and, like, Jasper can't hit the ball as far as Emmett. So they yep. must be using their full strength if they yep. are unable to reach the same lengths as Emmett. But their gear is intact. I, I mean, in addition to not being a geneticist, I'm also not a physicist. <laughs> <laughs> but this doesn't seem like it makes sense. No. No. It's, yeah, as someone who works with material scientists, oh, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. No. Well, it was Th- still there's fun. There's no way. There's no way, but it's, it's, it's fun. I don't know. It's a fun scene. It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out if you pick everything apart, it's less fun. (laughs) Turns out I like reading so much that I'll even like baseball when I'm reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed it, especially in Midnight Sun. It was way more fun in Midnight Sun than the baseball scene in Twilight was. Yeah, it could have been fun in Twilight, but I guess it makes sense since Bella has no idea what's going on. (laughs) Like, yeah. I feel like she wouldn't be able to see anything. And it's like, if the bases are as far out as they are, like, even when you're watching a normal baseball game at level, it's hard to see everything going on. So it's like, I can't imagine it being that entertaining for her. Also, if they're moving so fast, it's so hard to make those calls. I guess it makes sense because Esme can see it, mm-hmm. but... I, I I can't imagine it being that entertaining for Bella. I feel like I would have lost my mind. Yeah. And just yeah. to clarify, Esme is, is acting as the umpire and the referee. Yeah. yeah. Because apparently the entire family is full of egregious cheaters, which we do see <laughs> at a couple points in uh, Midnight Sun. It was quite entertaining. How do you not cheat when you have the can see into the future and the mind reader on the same team? Right. Like... I mean, it's kind of hard not to cheat at that point. (laughs) Like, even subconsciously, I feel like you would cheat if you were Edward. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Edward talked about some of the extra rules that they added in just to play vampire baseball to make it, like, more suited to their super strength and only having six people playing. And then they cheat to break those rules, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's freaking ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I mean, that does sound like what happens when you try to do a sport with your friends yeah it's part yeah. of the reason i don't do sports with my friends <laughs> <laughs> that's how you lose friends <laughs> this is why i play tennis because you're only responsible for yourself i thought tennis was in teams I it, guess can not, no. it can it be it can be you can play doubles okay yeah. i know less about tennis than i do about baseball how did i become the jock of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I gave up being a jock long ago. If they start playing vampire volleyball, then I'll get all oh. on board. Oh, yeah. I don't know volleyball very well. The only thing I can contribute here is Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Could Edward beat a Formula One driver? Probably. Yeah. He'd probably be really good at it. 
they specifically train their fitness and reaction times. Like, those are the two main things that they have to actively train, from my understanding. And Edward doesn't need to train those. He's just got them. So once again, we have found something that he is better than everyone else at. Yep. <laughs> oh my, I want to see Edward Cullen versus Lewis Hamilton. Somebody make this happen for me. I think you would have to make it happen. I feel I like it... the only intersection of these two <laughs> yeah. things the Venn diagram is with you, Hannah. just me. <laughs> There's like a little sliver where those two circles meet. Like it's tiny, minuscule. You would need Edward's sight to be able to see it. Where <laughs> and you're there. You're like, surely uh. they're only just barely touching. And it's like, no, there's space for one person. <laughs> uh, awful. Uh, I uh, did some math. Okay. <laughs> Good. Just now. So if you wanted the baseball diamond to be an appropriate distance based on how fast they can run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bases would have to be 354 meters apart. <laughs> okay. Which is less than I thought. Yeah, that's, that's actually like, not that bad. Yeah, that's like a third of a kilometer. That could fit in a field. How far apart are they usually? 38 meters. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's 10 times bigger-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that was based on our 84 meters per second assessment, which, as I'm sure we all remember, <laughs> was... When Edward said a few minutes, we assumed 15. True. <laughs> so it would be much further if they can actually go faster. Yeah. Yes. Which they likely can. Yes. But anyway. These things are freaking wild. At least we know that they cannot break the sound barrier. True. Right? Like, Probably I feel not. like a baseball game when they're trying to catch the ball. And they're already breaking the sound barrier when they're hitting with the bat. Yeah. That means if they already aren't worried about making that kind of noise, my theory is they can't actually run that fast. I'm prepared to accept that. A limit. We've found a limit. So we know vampires, the speed of sound at 20 degrees Celsius in air is 343 meters per second. Yeah. And the acceleration mm-hmm. due to gravity is 9.82 meters per second squared. So somewhere between uh, like 10 and <laughs> 342 <laughs> meters per second is how fast yeah. a vampire can go. That's how fast a vampire can go. Well, and we had <laughs> six Gs. We're getting uh-huh. there. Yeah. We're getting there. We'll figure it out by the We're end of this narrowing book. in. it. <laughs> And since we've definitely been writing all of this down, it's not yeah. just oh. that we're going to have to listen to all the old episodes to figure it out again. Oh, I was literally just thinking about that. I was oh, like, beans. I'm going to have to sit and listen to every single episode and write it all down to get this paper done. We've all been doing that already. We'll Won't it be great yeah. to listen to our podcast? It's such a good podcast. Everybody should listen to it. Yeah. I honestly enjoyed re-listening to it when my boyfriend said he was going to start listening and I got really scared and then I was like, oh, I need to re-listen to this again. (laughs) Make sure there's nothing incriminating. Anyway, (laughs) I had another thing that I went and vampire biology'd. Okay, Okay, let's do it. Just super briefly. He said razor sharp. Yep. Fangs. Yeah. So I just looked up what that what a razor's sharpness was, obviously, like you do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just so I could get like an understanding of how sharp his teeth are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because like human teeth aren't that sharp. No. Right? If you think about it. No, they're if not. If you really think about it. Are you thinking about it? I'm yeah, thinking about it. Always. I'm very, very aware of my own teeth right now and I hate yeah, it. Very aware of it. Good, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a razor, first of all, I don't want to talk about determining sharpness. But mm-hmm. like the point mm-hmm. of a razor is somewhere like 0.1 to 0.3 microns wide. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I think razor sharp is defined as if you drop a hair on it, it will cut like just from its own weight. Wow. Yeah. Like that's what an actual like razor sharp uh, sharpness (laughs) is. Uh Yeah. And obviously like human teeth aren't anywhere near that. But do you want to know the animal that has (laughs) the sharpest teeth? Yes. Can we guess? Yes. 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 I want to hint. I want to see if we can guess it with a hint. I'll let you guess. Here's a hint. I'll let you guess the extant animal that has the sharpest teeth. Oh. Because I don't think you're going to guess the one that has the sharpest teeth. Okay. Of all time. Is it a shark of some kind? Uh, no. Hmm. Is, um, is it a mammal? Yeah. Is it shrews? I have shrews on my mind. No. What mammals have sharp teeth? I know. I'm like... Rodents? Is it a rodent? Nope. My second hint is that Hannah's going to be really mad if she doesn't get this answer. <laughs> is it a whale of some kind? Uh-huh. It oh. is? Yeah. Is this one has orca? the sharpest teeth. Yeah. Is it orca? Really? Yeah. Oh, I would not have guessed that. According to, like, probably not the most uh, reputable source, but... Still. <laughs> huh, that's cool. Well, you know what? I might take that back. Anyway, I was pretty sure it was the orca, but like now that I'm thinking about it, is it actually an orca? There are like subpopulations of orcas that hunt uh, exclusively sharks. And Mm -hmm. because sharks have such rough skin, by the time that the orcas reach adulthood, their teeth are so worn down that they can't actually effectively hunt sharks anymore. So in these populations, the the, the whole killing of all of the prey rests on the juveniles who are being shown what to do by the adults, which I think is just whoa, super cool. Whoa. That's so cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. I knew I knew that I knew that orcas ate sharks, but I didn't know that whole that concept. That's really interesting. I was doing like a deep dive on killer whales the other day, as you do. You? I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are <laughs> basically ecotypes that specialize on all a- anything. There's like fish eating ones, mammal eating ones, shark eating ones, specific species of fish eating ones. Whoa. Yeah, there's like one type that just eats like one kind of salmon, right? Yeah, the northern and southern residents, I think, in the Pacific Northwest exclusively eat Chinook salmon, if I'm remembering correctly. That's wild. I was also going to say Chinook, so that is probably right, because both of us kind of think that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I will just super briefly say what animal of all time okay. has the sharpest teeth. These teeth are one twentieth the size of a human hair. Jesus. Whereas oh. a razor is like, I don't know, a third or something. Okay. So they're super sharp, uh, and they are of course the fossil record darling. <laughs> conodonts guys am i right (laughs) you know them we know them we all love them i'm definitely not googling it as we speak 
Uh-huh. Me neither. I mean, they're just me things that don't have jaws and they just have sharp teeth. <laughs> oh, yes. I remember learning about these. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. If you learned about the fossil record, conodonts, yeah. their teeth yeah. are the only part of their body that preserve. And for a really long time, they just like showed up everywhere in the fossil record. And everyone was like, what the hell are these? <laughs> <laughs> Why are these? They're just teeth. <laughs> I love all of these artist renderings of them where they just look extremely surprised yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just opens this like horrifying maw of like teeth in every direction yeah it looks like a del toro quest monster yeah but they're real <laughs> little they're just like all eyes and teeth anyway uh their cool. teeth are the sharpest of any in history so far that we found based on like the bite force and the sharpness of the teeth they have like a quote-unquote stronger bite than a human <laughs> ah <laughs> Yep. Gross. Even Look though they're little guys. how cute he is. Yeah. They're cute. Nobody else would look at a picture of this and be like, oh, it's cute. It is. Look how cute it is. Our very good friend Kevin, who takes care of captive lampreys, would probably think they're cute. Yeah, there you go. See? They look like a lamprey, who's but like with more of a face. Yeah. The other day I had a conversation with a group of non-biologist friends about sculpins. Oh no. And I was like, oh yeah, sculpins. And they're like, what are those? And I was like, they're super cute fish. And then I like paused being like, okay, wait, I have to think about what a normal human. (laughs) Are they though? Are sculpins cute to normal humans? (laughs) Um, I have to believe yes. Yeah. Yeah. The normal people that I hang out with, I choose to surround myself with think sculpins are cute so <laughs> confirmed I feel like that may not be representative of the population at large just given no. what i know about you <laughs> yeah i've done a number on the people i know <laughs> 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 it's because i show them things like conodonts and i'm like look at these and they're like yeah my bar for not cute has been way shifted <laughs> <laughs> now sculpins are cute you're right <laughs> they are cute Anyway, what were we talking about? Vampires. Vampires. <laughs> the only other thing I was mad about was f***ing Edward and Charlie just broing out. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, if you've seen like any scene in like a teen movie where the dad of the daughter threatens the teenage boyfriend inappropriately in an attempt to be comedic, mm-hmm. it's basically yeah. just that. Only in this case, the teen boyfriend is... A literal nightmare monster who could kill yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. In the Twilight one, I didn't get this specific impression, but in Midnight Sun, I was explicitly made to realize that Charlie's like, come in, sit down. And Edward sits down. They say two things to each other. And then Bella's like, all right, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get up and leave. And I'm like, that was max like 25 seconds oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was so short like it was so weird that's how you gotta do it (laughs) yeah it was just like charlie being like i hear you're gonna get my girl to watch baseball and edward's like probably i'm a dude (laughs) and and charlie was like oh ho ho hilarious we're two dudes (laughs) just laughing at women and then they leave Bella's like, enough of this great joke. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I remember it. No, that's exactly what happened, word for word. 
Yeah. If yeah. I was Bella, I also would have been like, I'm leaving without you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. At least Charlie, as like the sheriff of the town, has like some ground to stand on as far as being intimidating. But like, I don't know. Just like, why you gotta intimidate? Like, I know. Dads, dads and boyfriends, winning combinations. Okay, so do we want to guess what happens in the next chapter? I feel like we didn't even talk about what happened at the end of this chapter. No, should we speed run through that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, in the baseball game, Alice suddenly has a vision of three vampires showing up to join them, and there isn't enough time for Bella to leave. And yeah, it's the three that we talked about last time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the next chapter is called The Hunt. So what do you guys think is going to happen? I mean, I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, tell us what's going to happen, Sam. The the three vampires are going to come up in those exact outfits that I described <laughs> uh, last, yep. <laughs> last episode, which are also on our Instagram page, in case you were curious, and I believe on Twitter as well. So they're going to come up, they're going to be like, have a whole conversation, and then James is going to get all interested in Bella and get all creepy, like the Campy Gondry style in the movie, and then they're going to leave, but then Alice is going to realize that like James is hunting Bella, and it's going to get all dramatic and whoo, drama. Ooh, drama. I mean, at least now they'll have a really good reason for drama. True. Is it... Sorry. Is it just that James is just like he wants to eat her? Or does he also have the thing that Edward has? Where she smells really good. I think he specifically wants to eat her because Edward doesn't want him to. Yeah. Like in a sadistic way. Like he's just like... Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But I think... I think Bella does smell like a little bit better than an average human to everyone weird if i remember correctly but i'm pretty sure james just wants to like eat her because edward basically why like i think he wants the challenge of hunting someone who's so well defended if i'm remembering correctly Uh, yeah that sounds right it's been a while since i read this book right like you don't need to be a jerk on purpose come on well yeah like there are so many humans you could eat (laughs) (laughs) just pick a different one it's a different one. There's like a whole town. There's just, just a whole bunch of them. You could eat any of them yeah. except this one. Yeah. To be fair, as soon as someone says, you can have anything except this one specific one, I'm like, that's the one I want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. it's... I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> Basic psychology, right? Uh, embarrassing. Well, that was the shortest right. version of that we've ever done. Uh, yeah. The... <laughs> what are you guys reading this fine two-week period uh i guess i'll go first good introduction yeah i'm still reading lore which is our book club book of the month Mm -hmm. that we are and by we i mean i'm the only one still reading (laughs) this episode is also coming out in april when we will have potentially started reading our april Midlight Book Club read, which is The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. So, yeah. If wants to read along, that's what we're so reading this month. For that yeah. one. I've heard it's really Guys. good. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm really excited. I am currently reading Flamefall by Rosaria Munda. Ooh. And shocker, I'm still reading The Way of Kings. What? <laughs> it is March 31st. I am 700 pages in. I will not finish it by the end of March. That is all. <laughs> 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 how long is this book uh 1200 pages Jeepers. every 
You okay? The last time we talked, you were like, "I'm gonna finish it in March," and then I like opened Goodreads, and it shows your progress bar, and I was like, "You have half this book to finish, and it is three days to the end of March." Okay, I literally religiously update my Goodreads because it makes me feel better knowing how far along in the book I am. But it's like with Way of Kings. I updated it last night, I think, from like 638 pages to 705, and it was like, it went from 50 to 56, and I was just like, oh, oh my god. So this long. progress bar makes me feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> makes me anxious on your behalf. Yeah. 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 So, uh, anyways, hopefully by the end of April, I will no longer be reading that. Hannah, what are you reading? <laughs> I am halfway through the audiobook of... A Court of Thorns and Roses, which I'm reading for the first time. Oh my god. (laughs) Fun fact, if you listen to it on a bus, there will be a sex scene during the period (laughs) while you are on the bus. Which is fun. And I'm also still reading The Priory of the Orange Tree, which is not as long as Way of Kings, but still pretty long. (laughs) It's chonky. It's chonky. Hannah's doing this very fun thing where she's like sending us Snapchat <laughs> reviews of <laughs> of A Court of Thorns and Roses, and it's ten out of ten amazing. It's so <laughs> funny! I love A Court of Thorns and Roses, but I see like the faults in it. I can look at it critically, and so it's just so funny having Hannah yeah. read it. So <laughs> funny! Incredible. I believe many of them are ending up on TikTok, so if you want yes. to see them, <laughs> yeah, and they're great. So far, I'm just, like, tickled pink by the fact that uh, everybody in this kingdom has to wear masks that they hate because there's a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ah, (laughs) relatable. Also, I'm pretty sure at some point I'm supposed to hate Tamlin, but I don't hate him yet. So I'm curious to see what will happen there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why you would think that. He's just great. He's great. Yeah. I love Tamlin. I love Tamlin. (laughs) I do really like Lucian, so we'll see how that ages. I love Lucian. Lucian is great. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I okay. love everyone in these books equally. The Spring yeah. Court is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, man. They did talk about how uh, the is it the Night Court is full of like a bunch of sadistic assholes who decapitate people for fun. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that means she's going to fall in love with one of them, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't know why you would think that. I don't know why either. Like, the spring court's I don't so know. happy. Why, why would know. you think that, Hannah? I don't know why you would think that specifically for a book that Sam really likes. <laughs> <laughs> what? This possibly redeemable dark character? Uh, okay, but it should be the Winter Court. Come on. Okay, yeah, no fine, for that. fine, fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> great. Bye. Excited to we're, read more of this book. Yeah. Anyway, we're all having a great time with Hannah reading this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have a separate podcast where we just talk oh about God, whatever chapter Hannah read recently. <laughs> that would actually be very funny. We'll do a special episode. When Hannah gets to chapter 55 <laughs> A Court of Mist and Fury. <laughs> Why that one specifically? No reason! None! Mm. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, 
consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media, including my running commentary of A Court of Thorns and Roses, which apparently is very entertaining for people in the loop. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 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 and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And just like Bella, when Edward kisses her, as Ontario goes into its third lockdown, I have forgotten all kinds of things, like common sense, self-preservation, and even life-sustaining activities like breathing. (laughs) Oh no! Sam, don't die! Sam, you gotta breathe! I will remember to breathe, but this is how I feel with the atrocious government that is Doug Ford in Ontario. Goodbye. Just make sure you wear a mask while you're breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll remember to give you intermittent reminders to breathe. Good. Yes, please. Thank you. Please message me on the group chat every uh, minute or so. I think that's the longest I can go withholding my breath. Um, well, that's that's pretty um like infrequent for how often we text each other. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs>